Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business Indaba podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nika Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Yes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second session of the African Women Family Business Conference. And um, for our second session, we have with us Setebe Manake. And Setebe is the founder and CEO of Gross Market Value. Uh, which is uh, the automated property valuation, real estate information platform and vantage pop. And she's also founder and CEO of Vantage Properties, a real estate research and consulting firm. She has a proven, proven track record in property investment and finance with a career in various real estate leadership position, uh, such as CEO of Reclole La Rona, a property listed company in the Botswana Stock Exchange. Asset Manager at Stanlip and Property Manager at Kumo Property Asset Management. In all her position, she's uh, driven development of real estate portfolios, growth, and turnaround strategies. Over the last six years, Setebe grew her interest and understanding of technology with a focus on prop tech, ultimately leading to the inception of gross mart value. During this period, the company was recruited by the first Alibaba eFounders program and won the most innovative real estate data analysis firm. She continues to lead the market penetration and growth strategy of the young tech startup and Setebe is in charge of the strategic developing, funding and product development. We are so excited to have you with us today, Setebe, and thank you. You have the floor. Thank you so much, Siti. Let me just um, put up my presentation there. Wonderful. Um, good Afternoon. Yes. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, and thank you so much for inviting me to this auspicious um, occasion, if one would call it that. Um, let me just have my screen showing properly. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Thank you. So my discussion today is really going to be about flourishing against all odds. And um, what I want to share with everybody um, who's joining us um, this afternoon is basically what are the things that keep me going. Um, and I'm going to, uh, because we're speaking to other women who are in um, family businesses, who are founders in different businesses, I'm just going to share a little bit on um, the key things that keep me going, which is basically identity, um, purpose, audacity, um, strength, and, and evolve or evolution, if one would, um, would call it that. So I'm just going to start with um, a little bit about me because you have shared quite a bit. Um, I think the key thing is who I am as Tebe, um, as the founder and CEO of both Vantage Properties and Go Smart Value. Um, both of the companies are leading um, Vantage Properties is in real estate market research and Go Smart Value is a prop tech company. I have a, I'm a chartered surveyor in property investment and finance and industry leader in both uh, business, property, technology, and currently the president of the Real Estate Institute of Botswana. Um, the most important thing um, is what I haven't put in there is um, who I am as a, a family member, a mother, uh, a wife, um, and all of these things we must always, um, we cannot leave them separately. I think before I used to have great issues with um, 
always being required or being asked, particularly by my, my male counterparts, um, if I'm married or if we have children. Um, I remember the one time somebody asked me um, on my Twitter profile, I don't say I'm a mother and I don't say that I am married. And I asked him, um, I don't know how, I don't know any male counterparts or any um, male business person who goes on and says I'm a dad or, or I'm a husband and why is it expected of women? Um, but for me, I've gotten to the point of understanding that who I am holistically makes an impact in terms of how I lead. It makes an impact in terms of my ability to, to prosper or, or to flourish um, as the case may be. I will start with a simple thing. So um, I don't know if I... Did they, is my um, presentation still good? So I have a picture there of a child. No. It's I'm not yet there. Yeah. Just the blue screen with flourishing against all odds. Ah, oh, okay. Let me see where we are. It's just not picking up. Yes. Now I see a child. Okay, cool. So I was looking for an image of myself um, before and um, I couldn't find one. So the easier bet is my daughter, um, who's not too far from me. I just want to share a story um, with regards to identity. When I was around 14 or 15, um, I had an opportunity to register my name. So Tebe um, is a very um, unique name, even in the context of, of Botswana. It is a, a, a male um, name. It is a strong name. And during that time in my teens, um, I had this belief that my name is wrong. Um, I'm feminine and I didn't understand why my parents chose that name. Of all the names that existed my entire primary life, I had never shared a name and I felt left out in that regard. Um, there were beautiful names that existed, which means gift, Liseho, um, which means blessing, gift. So there's all of these people who had all of these names that they could share. And I never had, I mean, to date, I haven't met anybody who has my exact name. If anything, they would have Setebe as a surname because it is usually a, a, a male name. I haven't even shared the name with a guy. It is usually a name of their great-grandparents. Um, and oftentimes I have been confused as, as male when somebody meets me by, the, by my signature first or meets my name before they meet me. Usually they consider me to be male. So you could imagine at 15 um, how much bullying I had gone through at the time. And with the opportunity, so when we do our junior education, um, at the time, you could be able to change your name at the time. So you would be given the first opportunity to register your name um, towards the exams. So many people in my class, many of my friends had used that time to add English names, to um, add shortcuts to their names and make it all great and beautiful and all of that. And I thought it was the opportune time for me to find um, a name that I felt would suit me best. Um, and the interesting thing was um, I'm the first grandchild in my family. Um, and that being the case, when I was born, I had at least seven names um, my my parents, my grandparents, my aunts, and everybody had a name that they have given me. But the one that stuck, the one that was used in school, the one that continues to be used was Setebe. And I felt it was the time for me to um, bring in those um, beautiful feminine names in. Um, and I had chosen to use the name Gidimeti and I wanted to change it. 
Now, that being the case, um, at the time, I was only staying with my grandfather and he needed to sign off for this change of name. So the name that I had selected is called, um, is Gitumet. And Gitumet meant or means um, I'm happy. So when he needed to sign up for this, he then explained to me, um, I mean, you would think of the conversation as a teenager, you come back, granddad, I need to change my name, system, why? And I had to explain to him that I didn't identify with the name um, because I wanted to use a name that um, was understood by others. I wanted to use a name that um, I could be proud of. I wanted to use a name that had meaning to me. And it's at the time that he explained to me that I don't have an understanding of what my name meant. So in Setswana, Tebe means shield, right? It offers protection. Um, and Setebe is a group name of bodyguards of a chief. So he then said to me, your name, you were given your name, um, and that name was the name of your grandmother's grandmother. And in the hierarchy of the household, um, her name stood because they were royalty. And as they were royalty, um, she was the chief advisor of the chief. Now, you getting this name, it means that what we have seen in you is characteristics of this person, this woman. And that meant that you would grow to have wisdom, strength. You should understand the collectiveness of um, your name and who you stand for. You must understand the people that came before you and those that you represent no matter where you're going. So in understanding who I am in that context, it made, me, it, made it a lot easier for me to link up with my, my, my name, the meaning of my name and who I'm going to be and who I'm going, what I'm going to be able um, to achieve in my life. As such, I would say um, for me, the identity or finding out your identity, not just in name, but in your culture, in um, your family values, in who you are, is a secret um, to achieving the greatest potential that you could possibly have. And I think having had that understanding that early in my life has really helped me to deal with a lot of things um, that came through in that I am required to um, speak or consider things with wisdom. I am required to think about things and, and be calm in how I, I, I review them um, and understand things from a prospect of the greater good of everybody. It's not everybody who has been fortunate enough to have um, something as significant, but I do believe in the identification of who we are or who you are. It's much easier for you to unleash the secrets that are um, in the fabric of your personality and um, live to your full potential. The next thing is um, purpose. I'll give you another story. Um, when I was at, um, as the CEO of, of, of Little Larona, um, I was 29 years and that was, I was basically the first um, female CEO of a property listed company. I was definitely the the youngest because everybody was well over 50 and I was the only um, black um, CEO of a listed a property listed company so at the time um, I was also doing um, a seconded at um, Stanlib um, as an asset manager for the direct property investment um, business 
and continuously within the offices that we're operating because the little Larna office was within um, Stanlip. Um, one of the, 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 the themes that they had at the time in terms of branding was when you follow your passion, success follows you. And as it went um, during that time, I kept on um, having a nudge within me um, that kept on asking me what my purpose is and what my passion is continuously until it eventually led um, to my departure in formal work and um, deciding on um, starting Vantage Properties or establishing and doing it full-time as such. Um, I think in terms of um, achieving the greatest um, potential for yourself, in terms of achieving um, greatness and being able to stand things that take you up and down, being able to stand things that um, are difficult to go through, the most important thing is having um, meaning or having purpose. Um, why are you going through something? I think a lot of um, us have got the greatest potential to achieve a lot, um, but the key thing is identifying where your purpose is or identifying why you're doing something. And that way, when you find why you're doing it and what your purpose is as a human being, you're able to spend for more. You're able to um, decide which path to go. You're able to give yourself sufficient self-guidance um, simply because you understand the purpose in which you are engaging in um, the activity in which you gain, you're engaging in. So I definitely believe that um, knowing your purpose is the most important thing or one of the most important things that gets you um, to the next stage or that gets you going consistently um, to achieving that which you set yourself to achieve. So um, I'll still go back to my culture because I think um, coming back or, or understanding um, my life from that context gives great context in terms of what, when you say somebody has um, achieved anything against all odds? What kind of odds are they looking for? I don't think it's too different from a lot of African cultures or in a lot of Budana cultures, but our um, tribe is seen as the most um, protocol-filled, if one would call it that. There is order in terms of how you communicate, who you communicate with, which words you get to use, which words you don't get to use. One of the interesting things um, with us is that we, we have so much protocol that it tends to limit your ability to speak, especially as a child. So I would say that I grew up in a, a world or in a community that was literally an adult world. Um, and that meant um, that when somebody says something that you are opposed, you didn't have the right to say anything about it. When somebody did something that you didn't like, you didn't have the right to say that you don't like it. In fact, in, in, in our culture, when somebody greets you, when an adult greets you, you sh you're not allowed to ask them, how are you? You just greet, and then when they say, how are you, you're the one who responds. And the theory behind that is that when you ask, how are you, as an adult, when they tell you what their problems are and what kind of problems they're facing, you do not have the maturity um, to be able to assist them in any manner or form. Therefore, it is disrespectful for you to ask them how they are. As such, I grew up in an environment where with everything that I need to say, um, with every word that I use, I need to be careful and watchful that I do not unintentionally offend or disrespect those that I address. As I grow up, um, as I continue to grow up uh, varsity and all of that, then I find that 
um, the industry that I have chosen to be in is now, I don't even think it's just the industry. You grew up now from an adult's world. You're now into, uh, when you become an adult, you enter into this man's world where the rules are set in a particular way um, and the way that certain things are done do not give you room to be yourself, do not give you room to express yourself. And I would say the most, one of the most important things is to have the audacity, have the audacity to occupy space. And having the audacity means doing it even when you do not feel that you deserve it. I think we have, a lot of people are aware of the imposter syndrome. I am not absorbed from it. And in a lot of the positions that I have held in leadership, even within my businesses, with the things that we have chatted on, the things that we have um, um, pioneered, they required a lot of audacity to stand and say, I challenge the way the order of the things, the way the things stand, um, and be ready for the people to fight. I mean, right now, when you're talking about um, GoSmart Value, our automated property valuation platform, we are continuously faced um, with challenges by other uh, players in the market, mostly male. Um, those are that are well established in the area or have been established for very very long uh, for a very very long time who continuously um, what is it, intimidate um, complain reporters and to the regulator um, and do various um, other tricks in order to discourage us in terms of what we're doing because the reality is how dare we pioneer in this area that is not ours. And I do believe both being, um, I don't know if I'm still young, but uh, started this as a, uh, a young um, woman. Um, I'm, uh, there's a lot of challenges that come in simply because of that. And you must have the audacity to face them, to face them without fear, to face them um, without um, fear of failure, without um, not being able to, to achieve because sometimes we lose the, our voice, we lose the ability to stand up for ourselves, we lose the ability to um, create space about ourselves just in case we are wrong. And there is nothing wrong with being wrong. There is nothing wrong with failure. In fact, we need to be looking at ourselves with the audacity or having the audacity to fail and still coming back up and trying again and forgiving ourselves because it doesn't matter which area it is. It doesn't matter what part of business it is. It doesn't matter where you're coming from or where you're going. The key thing is that everybody is trying out Everybody, nobody knows what the future brings. Therefore, you have every right to be audacious in your dreams. You have every right to be audacious in your thoughts. You have every right to be audacious in the things that you say. Strength. Strength to withstand it all. So um, quite recently, I had, um, I had the pleasure of um, being in the audience of uh, the CEO of um, Multi-Choice Kenya. And she was speaking about basically the different things that, um, or rather habits um, or key things that you need to have as a leader. And I thought this one really stood out very, very well. Um, and it's something that I also believe in. It's a strength that I think um, everybody should be able to have um, and we should be able to, to draw from. One of the key things that we lose out on um, when we lose out on our identity or we shy away from sharing our view 
um, or we don't understand our purpose is our ability to draw on a higher power when things go wrong. Because in life, in business, in everything that we do, there is a possibility for things to go wrong. Um, and as things might go wrong, as things um, change, especially in the current economic environment, especially in the current um, technological environment, as things evolve consistently, we are required or we need to have somewhere where you can be vulnerable. As a leader, you are required to provide vision to a lot of people, um, to those that you mentor, to those that are within your team, to your stakeholders, to various various other people who believe, your customers who believe in you, who believe in what you are delivering. And sometimes you run out of strength, you run out of power, you run out of um, the will to continue. And it is at that point when you have run out that you need to have a higher power that you can call on to carry you through, that you can call on for guidance, for wisdom, um, and, and sometimes for strength. Um, sometimes it you just require time to think through something and it's at that point that um, you need to draw inside and be able to um, develop that um, that guidance or or, or, or or guiding spirit or whichever um, form of spirituality or um, guidance that you look up to for you to be able to achieve the most. Very recent, um, very recently, I was watching um, on Netflix Vikings, um, and what I kept on, what kept on coming back, that I kept on reflecting on, um, and I continue to reflect on it is that once as a person or as a human being, when you have something that gives you a higher purpose, that gives you a reason beyond yourself, a meaning outside of who you are, you can go through great strength. You can go through the most um, difficult situations. And as long as you know that you have this power um, within you or that you look up to, you can be able to achieve something. There is a lot of strength that is required, especially when you're in business, to play the infinite game. I'm a big fan of um, Simon Sinek, um, and there is power in the infinite game. Um, understanding that life is very, very long and playing the short-term game does not work out for, for, for anyone. Now, as a woman, as a, a founder, um, as a person in business, it is absolutely essential to not view um, defeats or to not view um, losses or to not view um, bad situations as permanent. We must always perceive them as things that are passing and um, look out to the next thing that needs to be happening and understand that it is a long, long game. And in the greater scope of things, this would be a second um, in a life that is long for yourself, in a life that is long for your business, and in any endeavor that you um, want to engage in or any endeavor that you are engaged in. Last and absolutely not least um, is your ability to evolve. I mean, one of the key things is um, you need to explore um, for myself, uh, I have chosen to, for maybe for the next couple of years, 
explore uh, myself as an African, explore um, the opportunities that the areas that we're in um, as a business um, and be able to understand more um, how the true interlink. It's very, very important, especially in the African context with the opportunities that lie in Africa to understand really where uh, our strength is, to understand really where um, our um, our advantage is as uh, an African business or Pan-African business operating in the continent of Africa. What is our strength? What is our differentiating factor? What makes us different from any other um, business that would come from anywhere else um, to occupy space in Africa? It is absolutely essential to explore as much of that as possible and continuously um, experience it, test without fear. It does not, if it doesn't work, you need to test something else and continuously test something else without any fear of something uh, failing. We need to immerse ourselves in the experiences that we are doing so that we can be able to draw full value and full strength in everything that we do so that we can chart our way forward without fear or without um, believing that um, there needs to be a maintenance of any status quo. My strongest, one of my strongest beliefs is that um, when you are innovating or when you are pioneering, nobody has written the rules yet. And for as long as nobody has written the rules yet, you have the opportunity to write the rules yourself. In fact, you can even not write any rules. And sometimes that is one of the things that um, gives you the advantage for you to be able to explore fully and go in full strength, no matter what you're facing, no matter whether it's personal or whether it is um, absolute, whether it's business. Um, once you have mastered that which you have explored and experienced, you need to look for something else to conquer, something else to learn. And as such, you'll continue to evolve as a person. You continue to evolve as a business um, and achieve more and more things. And sooner rather than later, you will be flourishing and people will be perceiving you as um, a, a pioneer as always changing, as always evolving. And the simple thing is never being comfortable in who you are or what you're doing um, and just simply always being on a learning curve. I think to see in terms of the presentation, that's all. I don't know if there are any, if there's a Q&A or any kind of discussions that we can have. With that, thank you so much. If you can just give me a moment, please. My network seems to be a bit down. Okay, sure. My apologies for that. My network was playing up and I just didn't want to squash everything. Thank you so much for such an inspirational tale. And I love how you incorporated um, culture and um, the nuances of your culture, which are so fascinating because as um, people in family businesses, women in family businesses and women in business, it's um, always interesting how um, our culture interacts with our daily running of businesses. And sometimes there is that clash and sometimes you have to be very, very careful. So given your overall experience and where you are now, what would you tell your younger self? Mm, my younger self was very daring. I think um, there was a point um, between um, 24 and sort of 32 um, where I lost confidence in who I was. I lost my identity. And 
I would speak to that person and say um, who you are is where your greatest strength actually is. Um, and I would say it's absolutely okay to, to be yourself in every scenario. Um, just to give context, that was the time that I was the, the CEO of Lidoli. And when I got that position, um, you know how the imposter syndrome will just come after you quite very, very easily. And I felt I needed to be somebody else. I needed to be formal all the time. I needed to be serious. I needed to um, look like the, 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 the business that uh, I was representing. And with that, it took away um, confidence even in, 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 in discussions because I just didn't feel like I, I deserved it. I didn't feel like I, um, I was ready for it. Um, and I would say to that person at the time that the opportunity comes to you because you absolutely are ready. Um, and um, if you just look into yourself, you already have the ability um, to do the most that you possibly can. Yes. And now that you are in, in the tech space and the tech space itself is, is quite daunting. A lot of women feel afraid to use technology. And I, I'm sure a lot of women are in awe. Like, how are you 100% in the tech business? How did you move from way, taking your experience and then bringing it into um, the world as it is now? Everything online, uh, everything's um, geared towards helping people online. What um, advice can you give those women who want to get into tech but are afraid and are in different industries but are seeing tech overtake everything that they're working on and everything they're doing? What advice or simple practical tips would you give them? Yeah, I think the starting point is to realize that you don't have a choice. Um, and when you realize that you don't have a choice, um, instead of it being an overwhelming experience, you need to seek to learn as much as you can. I'll give you the reason why we got into technology. So between 2014 and 2016, because we were running a, a, a research company, more and more um, statistics or trends were coming up that kept on um, directing that um, real estate is likely to be highly impacted by technology um, within the next 10 to 20 years. And with that, um, the question, uh, and I tell you, I had no, like, I didn't even know what big data was or that the startup community, there was a lot of things that I didn't know at the time at all. Um, and the key thing was because of the kind of business we were doing, we're doing real estate market research, we're doing analytics, we're doing, um, we're collecting data and all of that. Because of what we're doing and my, um, goal of having a business that will outlast me, it was quite clear that there's no way the business would outlast me if it was manual. There's no way it would outlast me um, if every, every bit is informed by me, if I'm still the, 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 the major thinker of it, if it's not able to do certain things. And if I'm looking at growing a pan-African business, um, and doing more with the 24 hours that we have, with the eight hours of work, um, work hours that we have, then technology makes sense. And I'll tell you that anybody who, who I had a conversation with in 2017 would, uh, would tell you that I was, I was, I knew that technology is a place to go, but I had no idea how we we're going to get there. 
Um, and the thing that I had to do was to learn about, I had to learn a lot. I mean, I got into uh, a program like the Alibaba program, and that's because I needed to understand more about this um, this uh, digital economy. I needed to understand how does it work. I needed to understand where our space is in that area and how to take advantage of it. And um, I think women are the most resilient people. I think we understand our intuition is always on point. And if we could just use the same to learn, when we grasp something, we go and we run. And I think we should use that very capability, that very strength to learn anything that we possibly can and and make sure that our businesses last beyond um, today. I mean, we don't build wealth for ourselves, we build wealth for the next generation. As such, if you're looking at the next generation, technology is the next obvious thing. So if you don't start incorporating it now, at least um, start engaging the, uh, the next generation to incorporate it into the business. Absolutely, absolutely. And so well said. As your parting words for this session, what um, are the biggest takeaways that you would like to share with women on the continent? And I know that women, we struggle with um, self-esteem issues sometimes. And uh, we struggle also with imposter syndrome. And I can imagine you walking into rooms consistently uh, working with men. And um, that sometimes make it slightly more difficult because uh, men are always so confident and so sure of themselves. And as women, we always want to perfect. We want to get things right. We want to make sure that um, we're well qualified or we have all the qualifications stated. We have all the experience. Um, What would be the advice you would give to women to go in there and get it done? Okay, I'll start with the controversial um, qualifications are overrated. Um, as women, we use, we use qualifications and um, this uh, being perfect and knowing everything way, way much more than we need to for the world that we live in. Um, we need to assert ourselves, have the audacity to say, yes, I can do this, even if you haven't figured out how exactly you'll do it. Trust that you will learn how to do it and you'll do it right when you, when you eventually get on to doing it. It, it took a while for me to get to that point of saying, you know what? Yes, I can do it. I can do this thing. I don't know right now, but I'm pretty sure if I put my mind to it. I can possibly do it. Um, and I, so the first thing there is, it's, like I said earlier, have the audacity to say, yes, I can do it. Have the audacity to stand up for yourself. Um, and when it comes to um, the... You know, the the lack of confidence comes from the narrative that we have been told consistently and continuously in whatever our upbringing was that we possibly can't. Or, and we've handed over all sorts of things to, to men who, in most situations, they're as clueless as we are. So you might as well just consider them to be um, clueless. And it's it's okay for you to also take occupy that particular space. And if they know more, you can always ask them. If they refuse to ask to, to answer you, there's enough information online for you to, to figure it out. So let's not be afraid. Um, take away that fear. Be audacious. Um, draw from your strength. Um, I draw from um, my totem is a small animal, but um, I every time I um, envisage my, my ancestors, I, I see lions. So I consider myself to be a lion (laughs) and um, we need to draw from those things we need to draw from our culture we need to draw because 
that is what gives us purpose. That's what gives us your standing space. And if we get rid of that, if you consider it to um, not be modern enough or um, uh, whichever way that you view it, it takes away your strength. It takes away the things that you can carry on. The reason why I, 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 when I stand in an audience of men alone and I can speak with whatever loudest noise and whatever is because when I'm standing there, I consider myself to not be standing alone. I consider myself to be standing with an entire pride of all the women that came before me. So when I speak, they better listen because I'm speaking for many. And so those are some of the things that we really need to draw from. And, and, and that way, when you show up, before you speak, um, your spirit speaks to those that are around you and it tells them to pay attention. And that, that's what my, my parting words would, would basically be. Wow, incredible. Is- <laughs> yes, technology has, has been getting the better part of me today. Thank you so, so much, Sisebe. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank, thank you so much for giving us context and walking us through your powerful journey as um, a business builder on the continent. And we look forward to continue engaging you and watching your journey as you continue to grow. Thank you so much. And um, I hope to catch you on the other side. Um, and thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed this. You're most welcome. Bye now.